Hey everyone, this is Brother Wayne Clemens. I just want to thank you for tuning in with us today and being part of the worship experience here at Potter's Hope. The reason that I used the piece of scripture out of Matthew chapter 24, Holy Ghost just really moved me in that direction. And he said, there'll come a time that when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, if I could just for a second, I'd like to parenthetical this, if I could in such a way to say wars and rumors of wars, that when we think about that, I think it what, when Jesus is saying this, he's talking about wars that you know, wars maybe that you're involved in. You see, there was a great war going on there in Jesus's day, and it was a religious war, a political war, definitely war. He said that that time will come, and we know many times my mind goes immediately to what we hear, and not just in this nation, but all over the world. We've been talking about thought wars, and the one thing that I want to say is this, is that it's not just wars, it's rumors of wars. So, some of you have been experiencing your own thought wars. You've been going through just so much in your mind. And it's not only that, but the word rumors of war, rumors of wars is not just yours. You're hearing rumors of other people going through it too. So if I could just lay that groundwork at this level, just to say that usually in life, you're either coming up to something, going through something or coming out of something. It's really threefold. Usually in life that when it's something big, that's usually you're coming into it, going through it, and coming out of it. We find that in life. Thank goodness, thank God for the gospel. Thank God for the word of God. So when we look at that, well, I just wanted to know what the word rumor means because usually when we think of the word rumor, we, we put with it a negative connotation, but the word is really just simply this. Kathy, it means hearing. So that if we would go to Romans chapter 10 and we would begin to say, so then faith cometh by rumor and rumor, huh? same word. So then faith cometh by rumor. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So then faith cometh by rumor and rumor by the word of God. Can I tell you something? There's some good rumors going around. People are getting saved. People are getting delivered. People are being changed. And God is breaking addictions off of people's lives. He's bringing prodigals home. He's restoring marriages that were at the point maybe that nobody thought they could be restored. He's, he's bringing people out and bringing people in almost simultaneously. Now, in saying that, I, I want to go and, and tie that to the piece of Scripture where we've been. There's been several where we've just kind of pulled from, and it's become a well. For the thief cometh but to do what? To steal. Say to steal. Kill. And what else? All right. Now, aren't you thankful that that doesn't stop right there? But the word said, but I am come. I'm so thankful for the words in red. I'm thankful for the I am that wasn't just in Exodus chapter 3. I'm thankful for the I am that is still the I am and will forever be. I'm thankful that when he said I am come, say I am come. Immediately, that begins to serve the devil notice. That begins to tell them, even at this point in Scripture, that, listen, you need to understand there's a real enemy, there's a real foe, and listen, he's after one thing, and what is it? Your faith. He's after your faith. If he can interrupt your faith, if he can interrupt your faith, Tammy, in prayer, in praise, in worship, in attendance, when I'm talking about being part of the body, that if he can do that, then, listen, he's well on his way to going to occupation. Stay with me, Mariah, this is important. 
Last week we spoke of this very thing that when the enemy comes that the next thing that he will do is that he wants to break in and he begins to come in and at this point he wants to come in undetected. As a thief he will come in because he, comes, he wants to be undetected. He wants to take your stuff. Now here's the point that I want to make just almost immediately is that we're going from stuff. He's not just here to get your stuff now. He's invading. He's after your soul. This goes from stuff, and see, so many times we whine and complain about stuff when we really should be surveying our soul and saying, does that really matter? Does that really matter? If I could define what is invasion, I wrote this down. It's pretty well within my own realm to just put this on here, this definition. It's this is an act of war. This is aggression, usually with military force, which constitutes an immediate threat to my peace. If we're going to define it, what I'm saying is this, is that now there's an invasion. There is something usually armed, usually coming in a way that now begins to threaten my well-being and his will being fulfilled in my life. The enemy now is going a step further. And when I say he's not just about after your stuff, Sue, he now he's, he's after your soul. And this is the different level, that when invasion comes, casualties come. The enemy begins to gain ground. And listen, he doesn't care now. He's went from stealing to killing. And if we allow him the opportunity, and if we allow him this, if the invasion comes, then listen, this is full-blown war. I wrote this down too, where two thoughts, ideologies begin to clash and fight for superiority in your life. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, we can see where David comes back to Ziklag. He's been fighting the Philistines or the Amalekites. He's, or he's been fighting the Philistines. The Amalekites have come in and they have invaded. That word invade there, this, this will give you a good grip of where we're at. King David, you know him, the guy that killed the giant, remember? He comes in and because he's been off fighting another war, he's left what's at home unattended. And the enemy has come in at a place called Ziklag and he's come in and only to find him and these mighty men of God that he has or these mighty warriors that he has. He comes in and everything has been plundered. It's been that. Things are on fire. Listen, man, it's, 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 it's just absolutely, his wives are gone, his kids are gone. Things are gone. And in the natural sense, remember, we're talking about this also within our processes of thought. And that word invade there means Stripped. It means stripped. It means this. It takes on the thought of not just to plunder, but to humiliate. The enemy is out to do that. And you can have all the courage seemingly banked up in the world, but if he strips you of your confidence, if he strips you of the very armor or the very things that God has given you, he's at that because then he knows that he can win the war. Because if I can get in your head, I'll get into your heart. These are thought wars. The invasion comes and we can begin to see that. And what he's, after, what he's after is this. There's really four things here. And I'm going to show you some of his tactics today. What I have found to be some of his tactics. But you and I have got to, got to decide today. Are we going to fight? Or are we going to falter? The greatest weapon you have. Is not what's in the safe. But it's this. The greatest weapon that you have in order to win the war is your mind. 
Because there can be all kinds of turmoil out here. And yet, when Paul said this, when Paul said this, he said, I'm, he said, I'm afraid. He said, I have this fear. He said, I'm fighting within and without. I'm fighting things out here, but I'm also fighting things in here. And friend, I need to tell you today, there's one war that you need to win today that if you've never been born again and you've never given your life to Jesus, you need to win that war today by saying, I surrender, I confess my sins, and I'm going to get up from this altar different, and I'm going to leave here, and the devil's never going to have a place in my life again. He's out to kill. He's bumping it up. I've got four signs that you're being uh, invaded or really four things that I can see that are associated with the invasion. For the note takers, the first thing is this, is that when, when two opposite factions begin, and you hear a lot about this now, when two opposite factions begin to come against each other and the war, one of the first things that they will do is that they'll attack the infrastructure. The infrastructure is defined as this. It refers, Stephen, to the physical, social, and economic systems that support society. Now, I know that's, that's really elementary, but can I tell you, that's what the enemy wants to do in the spiritual, and I'll, I'll go to that. The enemy wants to take out those very things that when we look at that, he wants to do this. He wants to take out the infrastructure. Within the natural, what I can do is this. I'm going to hit your power grid. What I want to do is cut off your water supply. Even though we think these are new things, these were things that were always back there. That if we can surround you and cut off your water supply, cut off your supply lines for the natural, can I tell you the enemy wants to cut off your supply lines in the spiritual. That if he can keep you from praying, if he can keep you from believing, if he can keep you from trusting, then he's well on your way, well on his way to occupation. Infrastructure. Let's talk about it. The infrastructure in your life and in my life should be this, not, not a salvation that's built on emotion. Even though that can be part of it, even though he won't despise those of a broken and contrite spirit, I'll tell you this, that when I begin to think about not just some of the things, not just part of the things, but even when I, if I could just begin to bring it all together and think about all the things that he's done. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Does that not take you zero to 60 when you just stop and think about everything that God has done for you? Wow. The enemy wants to do anything that he can to keep you from doing that and as he attacks this infrastructure one of the first things that he does is this he wants to attack the word we know that Jesus is the word and this as much as what you see or what we see today is this is because really the infrastructure is is the undermine he wants to undermine whatever that he can to get you to a place to where you're defenseless the word the word we're seeing this as much now in society and maybe as much or more than we ever have. But since there's always been seemingly the devil moving in the climate and the culture of what we've known for the past several years, can I tell you, just because he's been moving doesn't mean he's winning. The word. Building our life, Jason, upon the foundation of the word. Not what I say, not what you say, not what Amy says, not what, not what anybody else says. But God, what do you say? And when it becomes that simple, why is it building it upon the foundation of the world? 
that when you get to that place, that if I hide this word in my heart, I will not sin against you. Can it be that simple? Absolutely, it can be. Because see, when sin begins to come into our life and it begins to permeate maybe different parts, the thing that happens then is now that not only has he found a breach, now the leaven then begins to spread and sin doesn't stop. It just continues to canker, if you will, and continue to take over anything and every part of our flesh that it can. The attack on the infrastructure. That's the reason today that, our, that, that the very foundation that you have should be upon the word. The word said, can a man lay any other foundation than that which is in Jesus Christ? Don't build, don't build your relationship to God upon me. And I won't build my relationship on and in God upon you. Because what I know is this, is that people rise and fall. People are in and out. People are up and down. But God is always the same. And when we build on him, and we've got an infrastructure that when hell comes, and that when the enemy is invading, then, Jane, we can build an opponent. And that's when we can bow our back, and we can begin to say and be assured that, wait just a minute. It's seemingly he wants me to remember that I don't have two nickels to rub together, but somehow, right now, I'm standing upon the word, and I can declare, declare this very thing, that he shall supply all of my need according to his riches in glory. Praise be to God. That when the, then we build that not on a bank account, but on the account and by the account of the blood of Jesus Christ, that precious fount that has been invested in each and every one of us, and that even when we felt depleted and almost defeated, the blood in us of Jesus Christ rises up and declares that I will fight again, I will win again, I will worship again, I will... Y'all ain't where I'm at, and that's okay. Because I'm telling you right now, hell done tried to bloody my nose. I'm back up, and Grace has been in my corner shouting, get up, get up, get up. This fight ain't over. This fight ain't over. I don't know how many rounds you're going to go, but this is a fixed fight. You're going to win it. I wish somebody would fight. I got grace in my corner. I got love in my corner. I got truth in my corner. I got peace in the corner. And everything that's in the corner is living on the end. Your infrastructure cannot be some kind of flimsy. Listen to me. The three little pigs figured it out. You're building houses of straw and sticks. I got me a little bit of praise. The only reason you're praising it because it did something for you, but it didn't do nothing for God. Y'all mad? Get mad early. That way you have more time to get over it. Say infrastructure. If you don't have the infrastructure, let me help you. Let me help you. This is the reason that the power of the Holy Ghost is real and you need it. Out of your belly shall flow 
flow. I'll get in a minute, minute, minute. Flow, rivers of living water. Why do you think he wants to punch you in the gut? He wants to stop that water from flowing. But I'm telling you, not by might, not by power, but by my Let the spirit move. Some of you getting a gut punch. It's all to stop because this is what, I don't know if hell knows it or not. It'll know it if you'll rise up. Can I tell you something? When you got the infrastructure of not just the word, but the power of the Holy Ghost, I believe the word. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's proper for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness that any man, woman, or child will be thoroughly furnished unto good works. I believe that word. I believe that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. I don't believe that anything that was made was made without him. I still believe that the light shined in darkness and even though the darkness couldn't comprehend it, I'm still believing that I've saw the light. Has anybody else saw the light? I didn't just see the light. The light said, you know what? I'm going to shine into your darkness. And you know what I'm going to do? It's not just any kind of light. It's not a weak light. Somebody shout, it's a marvelous light. Oh, that's right. It's a marvelous light that led me, listen, a light path that led me out of my darkness, my sin, my thieving, my anything. And it led me into his marvelous light. Turn to somebody and say, you need to get lit up. And not going to the bar. <laughs> Infrastructure. Your infrastructure has got to be. Who told you? you some of y'all listen to a lot. Where you go, to church? You go to Potter's Hope. Well, where you? I go to Potter's Hope. Been there one time in six months. I go to Potter's Hope. I ain't seen you. I got the shirt. Don't matter. You're sitting in jail with it on. Evidently, it didn't take. Come on, somebody. you got to have an infrastructure that's more than this pulpit, that's more than that pew, that's more than that praise team. That infrastructure is none other than the rock of my salvation. None other than the, the stone that the builders reject. I'm going to go ahead and declare right now. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Oh! The righteous run into it. And they say. That's the reason people wilting, man. A little bit of heat coming. Rise up. In the name of Jesus. Not cause your pastor said so. Not cause the hymn book said so. Not cause your Sunday school teacher said so. Rise up because Jesus said you could and you should and you would in these last days. Yeah. I'm going to preach to somebody. I didn't get up in here today just to, mm, 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 mm. The word, say meditate on it. No, you skipping through it and prove, you know, you, you're reading fast. I got to do my chapter. Pastor said, if I read five chapters a day, I read five chapters, I get through my Bible in a year, and then I can brag to everybody on Facebook. Meditate on Scripture. Medigate, meditate, not litigate. Listen, when you begin to litigate Scriptures, when you begin to compromise, 
Well, I don't know if it meant all. No, it means all. Can I just say this? How many of you believe God's mighty? How many believe he, mm, he's not just some mighty? He's not just part, part mighty. Somebody shout, he almighty. I wish you'd do that again. Yeah. He's almighty. That means it don't matter what's coming against me. It don't matter if any one thing, any five things, any all things. You can bring all your things and it's still going to bow under his almighty hand. Compromise. Your infrastructure, infrastructure is based on the word. The other thing, the infrastructure is based on your worship. Sacrificing to him, not to you. I'll come back and maybe catch that in a couple weeks. Worship, praise. My mouth, mm, my mouth, my mind filled with praise. Not a disconnect. My mind meditating upon the word of God. You said, Lord, therefore the redeemed shall return and come with singing unto Zion. And everlasting joy shall be upon their head. You told me in your word that my feet could be shod with the preparation of peace. You told me in your word that I can do all things through you. You... You told me that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You told me in your word that I'm more than a conqueror. Do I need to go on? You told me in your word. Mm. You told me in your word, listen, that I'm not a chump. I'm your child. You told me in your word that I would win in the end because you are who you said you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What else is he attacking? The infrastructure. For years, the infrastructure was based upon the family. Family meant something. Now the infrastructure is being attacked. The attack on the family. First, the husband and wife. Not the husband and husband and not the wife and wife. The infrastructure right now is not being challenged. It's being torn down. Can I tell you something? God is still God. The attack on the very thing of infrastructure when family used to mean something and it was some kind of loose fit and this, that, and everything else and you talk to people in your house by texting them when they're upstairs or downstairs. You had meals together sitting around the table. You know what? You weren't so concerned. You just, you were glad. I don't know about y'all, but I was glad. Listen, I didn't care if it was, I didn't care if there was any meat. I don't care. Can I tell you something? We had oatmeal for supper sometimes and what I'm thankful for, that there was enough oatmeal. I'm telling you right now, we need to get back to the supper table. We need to get back to mama. Amen. The infrastructure. Mamas and daddies. Fathers and sons, mothers and daughters. In society now, the worst statistics have proven the fact that that child is a far less, far, far, far less to perform at any level that's high if the dad is incarcerated and or mom is even incarcerated. Can I tell you something? Dad is not the only one incarcerated. The rest of the family is in prison too and in bondage. Tell you what I witnessed two Sundays ago. I witnessed two Sundays ago up at the bridge, a daddy getting right and a daddy making things right before God. Guess what? His baby girl got saved today at the bridge. I'm thanking God that if daddy would get some things right. Well, good for him. No, good for God. Attack of the infrastructure. You don't think I'm going to show you some truth. Three years ago, you see some attack on the infrastructure. 
You see some attack where people said, you got to stay home, you got to do this, you got to do that. And somebody told you you couldn't have church without being at church. Can I tell you something? If church is a building, you missed it. If church is a body, today you are thriving more than surviving, and you're declaring that God is better, bigger in me than he's ever been before. The enemy is going to, listen, and God will allow the infrastructure of the politics and the religion and the things that are in church right now, they are absolutely being purged by Almighty God and the remnant is getting ready. The bride is in the dressing room. Guess what? Jesus Christ is getting ready to come back and I'm going. You're going to see this happen. Well, I just can't believe that. Well, I believe we should love everybody. Check. I believe that God... Check, God love it. But I believe, you know what? We, we need to understand. They know we can love anybody. I'm going to tell you right now. You get outside of the book, you're headed to hell. You say, wait a minute, Pastor, that's too straight for me. I said you get outside of the book, and the book's not in you, and you don't believe every word of it. I'm telling you right now, there's a wide, a broad way to destruction. I believe it. The infrastructure. The infrastructure. That's the first thing. I got two more. Turn the second one, three more. Turn to somebody and say, boots on the ground. You know it's an invasion when there's boots on the ground. Listen over there. We're going to put boots on the ground. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to drone. We're going to send missiles. Well, is it boots on the ground? Boots on the ground in your life is a sign of invasion because now you're hearing footsteps. Now what you're doing is seeing regimented attack. The enemy is now making it real. Remember, once again, using the natural with what is going on in your thought processes. Boots on the ground. And the enemy begins to get into your head. I want to share this because one of the tactics... That today, and this is something that they didn't know 60 or 80 years ago. Intel has always been part of winning the war. And that's the reason that the codes, the different things, one of the things that they used in World War II was one of the Indian languages that was unknown. That they would pass and use messages and codes through a particular Indian type language in their native language that other people couldn't decode. Do you know when you pray in the Holy Ghost, the enemy can't decode that? Some of y'all didn't get that. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, somebody said, Ron, what's that look like? Now, it can be with a prayer language. It can be that, that in utterings and groanings, even that we don't know, and even in a language, if you will, in your prayer language. But the, the real part of it is this, is that when you pray in the Spirit, that means that I'm getting past my flesh. I've never heard it explained that simple until the Holy Spirit gave it to me. Because I don't know what you mean by praying in the praying in the Spirit is when you get past you, you get past how you feel, and you get to say, "Remember, Jesus did it, Stephen, in the garden. Not my, not my will, but." That's when you get past your flesh. Oh, if it be your father, let this cup pass. I know what's coming. Let it pass. But if it be thy will, that's when you start praying in the spirit. That's when we start gaining traction. That's when hell doesn't understand what it's up against. I'm going to share this with you because I, I think it's noteworthy. And it's things 
Tactics of war have gotten new, and it ties really to the first one about that. When we talk about cyber war, when we talk about cyberspace, I'd like to touch on this for just a moment because, listen, tactics of war are different. And when I talked or when I spoke to that earlier that you and I both know, we think of rolling blackouts and this and that in my mind and not so much of conspiracy as this, but just knowing that the enemy wants to do anything that he can to turn the lights off. Not just in the natural, but in the spiritual. I'm going to let you ponder that. Let's talk about this. And I will tell you, this will be a kindergarten level explanation because that's where I'm at. I ask for your grace. Cyberspace. Host of several. It's tied to this. And some of you computer folks know, just, just, just keep me guided here. If I say something that's untrue, stop me. Cyberspace. Host of several things. It can be the host of several things. Computer technology, data, info, both general and can be personal. That's what we now know. Remember, give no place, give no space to the devil. Today, the real part of that is that the enemy is infiltrating cyberspaces. Cyber's a new word. Within some degree. To those in that circle, it's an old word, I guess. But the thing is, is this, is that it begins to infiltrate. When we talk, or when we talk about cyberspace, it's that. And we can see how the enemy is out to do that. And ultimately, that when that happens, because of these cyber wars now that we hear rattling about Stephen, I'm somewhat confident, somewhat confident that not only does the United States of America hold the keys to shutting somebody else's electric off or something within the power grid or within all those different capacities, I can tell you that I feel fairly comfortable that they can do that. But I need to just stop right here and say, how many of you will still praise Jesus even if the lights ain't on? The enemy in the spiritual realm wants to do the very same thing. And what is happening is that so many people are losing power and their, their power grid is being hit it's being hit. And the thing is, is that they're okay with a little power. Can I tell you something? Jesus said, I'm going to give you all power. I believe we have all power through Jesus Christ. I hope that's waking some of you up. We have all power. Did he not say that all power is given unto me and such as I've been? Did he not say greater things than I've done, you're going to do? The thing is, is that we somehow have misconstrued that all power means that everybody gets healed, everybody gets delivered, everybody gets saved. Somehow we've equated all power to that. Can I tell you, all power is so much more than that. All power is direct access to almighty God. Can I tell you something that when I pray, I pray believing, I pray trusting, I pray. Listen, when I'm praying for somebody to be delivered, I'm not praying. Listen, I'm not praying. Oh, Lord, I'm telling you, I still believe people get delivered. I still. We are living in such a state right now to where the power is diminished. And because of the infiltration, if you will, of the enemy, it's bled over into the church and it's let you and maybe some, 
somebody if it's not you. It's let much of the church believe that we are just a weak shell, if anything, of what God used to be or intended for us to be. I still believe that when two or three of us are gathered in his name, I believe he's there. I still believe that. I'll get to point. Stay with me. Stay with me. Turn to somebody and say cyber security. When we look at this tactic, when we look at this very thing, boots on the ground, I know we're going in within a spiritual realm, but cybersecurity refers to the body of technology, processes, and practices designed to protect networks, devices, programs, and data from attack. Kathy, I'll send you the notes. Damaged or unauthorized access. Cybersecurity may also refer be referred to as information technology security. Do you realize that somebody somewhere right now is trying to hack into your bank account? Come on, pastor. Do you realize that if it's some of the stuff that we, if we've read and considered to be true in this fact, is that I don't know how many, I don't know what, what China got like one billion people. I don't know. They got a bunch of people. One, two billion people. They got a bunch of people. In my mind, they're everyone over there on a computer trying to hack. Right? Somehow, I get some of the craziest texts. Amy will tell you, I get crazy texts from people I know I don't know. I don't open it. I delete it. Can I help you with something? When it don't look like it's from anybody you know, delete it. When the enemy sends you it, don't open it, delete it. Go further. In order to make it, there's something that, that you have. Banks have it in place and different things and hackers are hackers. They're after your identity. They're after your stuff. They want to take the data. They want to collect anything and everything that they can and use it against you and rob you. But there's something that is called a firewall that any of y'all that know anything about computers, which is way more than me, how many of you know what a firewall is? A firewall within that computer is something there that is, means that threats come and that firewall is in place and that means that something won't come through to penetrate. That is a very basic definition, but you need to stay with me because we're getting ready to go spiritual. So when that is in place, that means that that enemy will not be able to get through that firewall. Now what that has, it's got code, it's got different things in there. Your passwords and your things like all of these things are, are part of that. But when you look at that, when you see this, that's where the enemy is wanting to come in. And most Christians do not have a firewall. Let me show you something. In the book of Exodus, that when we look, it's going to be somewhere around 10 through 13. Somewhere, listen, we're out of Egypt. Ten plagues have happened. Jesus, mm, I said Jesus. Moses is leading somewhere between one to three million people out. Larry, he's doing that he's coming they're getting there they said pharaoh said we could go we're going we're taking a bunch of stuff with us we're doing that hallelujah here we go we're going and we get up there pharaoh decides hey i'm coming after you here it comes he's doing that you're up against the red sea there you are the enemy's behind you you're between a rock and a, and a red sea you're really in a hard hard spot 
And before you cross over the next day, what happens is this, is that God not only leads them by a cloud by day, but also fire by night. That night, what he did is he had a wall of fire that separated the enemy from his people. And that wall of fire was just as real as me standing here. So he said, Pastor, where are you going? Most Christians don't have a firewall. John the Baptist said this. He said, I come baptizing you with water, but there's one coming after me that's going to baptize you. There's one coming after me that's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and somebody shout fire. Listen, I'm going to tell you something, that you are going to have to have the Holy Ghost as your firewall. Why? Because your flesh will let it in every time. Your flesh is weak, but the spirit is strong. Scripture tells me that. The thing is, most Christians don't have a firewall. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. As many as are led by the spirit of God, they are what? They are sons of God. We have not received the spirit of bondage again under fear, but the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Coming to church will not inoculate you, will not keep you, it will not do that. Let me tell you something. In the end, your flesh will die, but the spirit will live. Praise be to God. You need a firewall that says my flesh doesn't see any way out. My flesh cannot feel, cannot hope in anything, but the spirit, but the spirit says believe again, hope again, fight again, trust again, again, and again, and again. Third thing. Third thing. When it involves war and him coming in, boots on the ground, the first point I mentioned to, it's for real. Praise team, will you come? Thank you. If you could, give me just, a, give me, give, excuse me, give him your attention for just a moment. Stephen, the next thing that the enemy will do, remember he's bumped it up. He wants to take anything and everything that he can hostage. Prisoners of war. Sadly enough, mom and daddy's fight. Bosses and employees fight. When mom and daddy's fight and many times when there's no reconciliation, Children become prisoners of war. When hatred and other things begin to infiltrate your home, your children become captive to that. I said this, and you'll remember, Stephanie, I said that, and I want want to make a point here again, is that Satan, Jenny, Satan is a persistent felon. 
You can't rehab him. You can't. Listen, you can pretty up a pig, but when it's done, it's still a pig. The sin in your life cannot be prettied up and propped up. Sin is sin. What the enemy now wants to do is come in and take whatever that he can hostage. And for instance, this, that if something gives you great peace, he's after that. That's the reason the word means something. The word changed your life. The word changed my life. Let's just do this. Let's make this dialogue today. How many of you believe, how many of you know the word has changed your life? And think about that. You only read it once a month. But you heard it one time. By the way, that sounded really mean. I didn't mean for it to be. I want to encourage you to get into the word every day. I love you. I do. But now the prisoners of war. And the way that you've acted, the way that they've acted now, we've got prisoners of war and the people in our circle now are held in captivity. Just as Satan is a persistent felon, he's a known terrorist. He's a known terrorist. I want to talk next time on occupation. Write this down, please. Big letters back there, who's ever at the helm? Point number one, how many of you believe he's a terrorist? How many of you believe he's held you in bondage before? I said to the Monday night group, Monday morning, you got off the hook, but Monday night I said, how many of you have been under demonic influence within the past month? They went, oh. Can I tell you something, whether or not you realize it or not, there's a demonic influence right now called the Antichrist and the spirit of it that has permeated this culture. You need to know that. That's the reason we need a firewall. We'll preach that later. So, in this very thing, that when we look at this, point number one, within this, him taking prisoners, him being a known terrorist, point number one, you want to win? Stop negotiating with the devil. Stop negotiating with the devil. Stop it. Point number two, no more prisoner swaps. Makes me sick. We've come to the place used to the United States of America said no, no, no. Now I'm going to go somewhere with this. I guess if it was my child held in captivity, it would probably be different. Let me say this. And if you will, within the spiritual realm, I've seen this. The reason this really preaches to me is no more prisoner swaps because what happens is this, since the devil is evil and that's all that he ever wants and all that he ever will be. It comes into the third one. This is what happens. No more trading what's right for what's wrong. What will happen is this, is that your mind will begin to be swayed and then he'll begin to talk and he'll begin to, he'll begin to negotiate with you and you know it's wrong and yet you find that comfort. Well, well, I know we shouldn't be living together. Now I'm going to go ahead and preach and it's okay. I'm going to. So it's okay for us to live together. Why is it okay for you to live together? Well, two, two, two can live cheaper than one. And you know inflation, pastor. That's a lie. Somebody said two can live cheaper than one. You know, we can share the bills. You can No, you want to share the bed. I know, I know. It ain't about sharing the bills, let's face it. And we say, well, you know, we split the grocery bill. Two, two can live cheaper than one. You ain't never fed me. <laughs> shh, Amy, shh. 
So what happens then, we begin to negotiate with a terrorist. Oh, you haven't heard? No, he's sobered up, man. He's off alcohol. Yeah, and now he's wiving around everywhere that he can. He's went from one vice to another. He's went from liquor to lust. Hello? He went from methamphetamine. Oh, I got some help. I got some help. What do you mean you got some help? Now, what you used to smoke through a crack pipe, now you're taking in a pill. You see, this is how you negotiate with the devil. Well, this is not as bad as, is it still wrong? I know you don't like it, but if we're not going to give any place to the devil, we need to kick him out today. For those of you living together, I love you. But I don't think that's God's plan for your life. And I'll be right over here. Remind me to be right over here. I'd love to talk to you. Mm, I'd love to listen. And if it's about the groceries, I promise you, I will walk you over to the food bank and we will load you up. With food. Almost done. Softly for me, Jenny. Somebody say no more prisoner swaps. Say no more trading what's right for what's wrong. No more. Fourth point, I need to get it out. In war, there's casualties. I mean, this is a powerful thought because it's hit me hard. Loss of life. Now, when I say loss of life and, and, and Big D, when we're thinking about that in the natural, we're thinking about casualties, we're thinking about that in that realm. But I need to ask you something. How much loss of life have you had? I'm talking about abundant life have you had since you've been worrying and you've been anxious and you've been all that. Do you realize how much life you're losing? Do you realize the loss of life the way that he intended? Would you say this with me again as I close? Say, I am come that you may have life. Jesus said that. He said that. I think you all got a list, Braden, that may be up from the bridge. It's point number four. Could you see if this is here? Say, still breathing, but stop living. What the enemy, he, he'll, he's willing to let you breathe. He just wants you to stop living. He's invading your life. You're still breathing, but you've stopped living. Point number two, you're still taking, but you've stopped giving. This is a sign right here, loss of life. You started to hinder. You started to hinder things and you stopped helping. You started hurting and stopped healing. Right now, would you stand to your feet, please? Once again, I'm asking you, I want to command you. Turn to somebody and say, it's time to live again. What I'm getting ready to say is, it's going to sound very mean. I don't want you to take it that way. One of the things I think that has crushed 
that seemingly crushes the spirit or tries to crush the spirit within me. Have you ever heard anybody say, well, it's time for me to start living for me? I'm going to do this for me now. I understand. But I want to tell you, your joy is one thing, but his joy in you is different. If I could take you to this place today, because I don't want to give you a false end. This is true. I've seen countless people come up here and say they got saved. When you come up from this altar, it's not, I'm going to start living for me now. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that. Somebody shout, I'm going to start living for him now. How many of y'all going to start living for him now? Can we give him praise? Let me show you something. I got to move it, Larry. I got to move it. You see, my joy is very important to me. But without him, I have no joy. He is my catalyst. He is my channel. He is what is my river. He is what is my source. He is everything. It's our life in Him. When you say, I'm going to live for Him, you're going to gain ground exponentially. The only way that you can do that when you're living in Him, that's the only way you can count it all joy. When, what do you mean I'm going to count it all joy when I fall into all this and I fall into all that and all this that and all? Count it all joy. How? Because we win in the end. One day we're going to say goodbye to everything. And hello. Hello to heaven and hello to the one that. Hello to the one that made it possible. Joey, I ain't never played no baseball much. I was horrible at softball. But I'm going to tell you something. If it takes sliding into home to get there, I'm going to learn to slide. Because I'm going home, Jack. It's time to live again. It's time to live for Him. It's time to live for Him. Hey everybody, just wanted to thank you once again for being with us here in our worship service today and taking the time out, which I know is so valuable to you. God bless you and be encouraged.